Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, April 5th, 2021. I'm your host, Blessing Adelia Jr. Joining me is Tim Ma Fucking Gettys. April 5th. I, I know there's probably been at least 20 different times I've started a show that just is thinking about the date and how crazy it is that it's that late into the year. And it's just yeah. like, all right, cool. At some point, it's not like a crazy observation. That's just life. But I can't believe it's April 5th, 2021. Yeah, wow, bless. it feels like the year just started. And also yeah. the fact that we're 13 months now into working from home. Yeah, it feels like it feels like this has been like it feels like we've been doing it forever. Like It feels like this has been the new normal for a while. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think I've finally hit the point that I can't smell what the studio smells like when I immediately think mm. about it. I can get there. I can get there if, uh, if I really like focus and pay attention. There it is. But yeah, is it isn't wild that you're not, you're not going to smell that smell again? It is wild. I've driven by the studio uh, a handful of times now, oh, and it looks sad and empty. It doesn't have the kind mm -hmm. of funny neon sign in the window. It just there's there's a sunroof. There's a hole like in the studio. We put like sound uh, proofing stuff mm -hmm. over it. So if the, I didn't know there was a, a sunlight there, but there definitely is. You can see it when you drive by. Oh, Crazy really? Stuff. Mm hmm. Kevin, were you, about to, were you about to say something? I was going to say, like, but, like, the important thing about the studios, remember it the way the wa it was, not the way it became. Because, like, by the time we would go to, like, pick stuff up, it had a weird smell. Like, I'm not talking funk. about that smell. No, no, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, like, because that's all I can smell. That yeah. weird old people smell. It was like Nick just started living there or something. Kevin, what do you think the new studio is going to smell like? You think it's going to smell uh, better than the, than the and cotton the last candy? Studio? Yeah, I can't wait. I, I can't, can't wait. wait. Not like shit, hopefully, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh God, hopefully not. But for now, let's talk about today's news. Today's stories include early Outriders impressions, another possible Xbox event, and more. Because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every week at 10 a.m. live, right here on Twitch.tv/slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kinda Funny Games daily. To be a part of the show at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames or bronze members or above, get to write in, and silver members or above, get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you right after this episode of kind of funny games daily andy mike and greg miller himself will be streaming outriders showing off nvidia's super cool dlss tech starting at 11 a.m pacific time on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games again every time i hear about dlss it sounds like the coolest thing on earth it's basically ai being able to make your games look better if you want to hear more about that again right after this andy oh, greg yeah. mike will greg become a pc the dream team the, the PC guy after this, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Out. And then in case you missed it, over the weekend, we have a, we had a couple pieces of content drop. Uh, first of all, we had a brand new episode of XCast that went live on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games uh, as the team reacted to MLB The Show coming to Game Pass. And then, if that's not enough for you, uh, a new Invincible Reacts went up on mm -hmm. YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny. Tim, last night, I watched episode four of Invincible. Uh -huh. That show and just gets better and better. It just gets better and better with each episode. I am into it. Absolutely, man. I am I'm so, so happy that everyone seems to be loving it as much as they are. 
Yeah. I, I've, I've seen maybe a handful of people that are like, oh, this isn't for me. And it's like, that is a great place to be. That there's, I haven't seen people like, eh, this fucking sucks, whatever. It's just yeah. pure positivity or cool. I know that's not, yeah. not for me. And it's that's like, I, totally I, I fine. I know my too. brand is not my brand. Yeah. No, but it, I recommend I, to everyone out there that is at all interested in any of the things that you'd be watching kind of funny games daily for. Watch Invincible episode one through the end and then make yes. the decision of if it's for you or not. Yeah, definitely try it out because it's one of those shows that I, I can't believe how good it is. Uh, and then thank you to our Patreon producers, Mick at the Nanobiologist, Tom Bach, Trent Berry, and Blackjack. Before I get to who we're brought to you by today, uh, we just got a surprise housekeeping that just dropped in here out of nowhere. Uh, Kevin, if you're able to, Hit this link that's in the doc that's in housekeeping. Uh, it's a link to April's platinum tier for patreon.com slash kind of funny and kind of funny games. Uh, and it's a it's an April Fool's April Fool's design thing. It's it's Nick. Is is that Nick or, or Johnny Ace? I always get them confused because they look so similar. I think that's Nick. That's Nick and Greg <laughs> doing a gesture gesture thing for April. I hate it. I hate it so much. There it is. There it is. Kevin just brought it up. Don't support us. Don't support doing this. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, Tim. Can mm-hmm. I win you over if I tell you if you flip the word, it still says kind of funny? Huh? That won me over Whoa. so fucking hard. I forget the name oh of this, and we've God. talked about it before on uh, Internet Explorers, but I, I love this. One of my friends is named Mira, and her boy, or husband Damn, now is, is named Rex, and they, have, they both have the same tattoo that is both of their names, That's depending awesome. on how you look That's at not, it. It's not a palindrome, right? No, a palindrome that, is just that's spelt. the same front and back, like yeah. race car. Oh shit. That's awesome. Kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you know Wait, what it is when it's flipped upside down. Tim, because I am has also cool Greg, Has Cool Greg seen this yet? No. I feel like it would be worth it to bring him out and show it and show it on air. I feel like he'll get a kick out of it. <laughs> Do you think he'd freak out? He's, and busy, kids, he's doing something right now. <laughs> the kids would get does a kick cool out Greg, of it. Does cool, does cool Greg love like when words are flipped over? And it does does the Cool thing? Greg love letters of any kind? Okay, you're right. The answer is Thank yes. You. Right. The Thank answer is you. yes. Today we're brought to you by Honey and Fix Your Gaming, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. Starting with our number one. Tim, this has been this is one of those fun ones because over the weekend. Outriders has been has been blowing up. There's so much to talk about when it comes to Outriders. And so I pretty much condensed most of the Outriders news into an Outriders early impressions roundup. Because a lot of sites don't have their final reviews out, but so many sites do have their either reviews in progress. A few sites do have final reviews. And then there's also other things to talk about when it comes to Outriders. And so, so story number one is the Outriders review in progress roundup. Of course, the game came out on, was it Thursday? Thursday or Friday? At the end of last week, it came out. Uh, I'm going to start off with Eva Herinkova at Screen Rant, who put up an article titled Outriders Review in Progress, colon, Worth the Time. Overall, Outriders is the wor- Outriders is <laughs> Outriders is worth the time investment so far, in spite of its clunkiness and server instability at launch. Although the game has areas it needs to improve, the core ideas and gameplay are still incredibly strong, making it easy to overlook whatever flaws are present. It's also an easy game to recommend for both solo players and groups of friends looking for a shooter to dive into together. And because of the world tier mechanic, anyone with any skill level uh, can jump into Outriders and have a great time. With a handful of hours left to go in the main campaign, that doesn't appear likely to change. Then we have Giovanni 
Cole Antonio at Digital Trends, who put up an article titled, Outriders Review, colon, Thrilling Action Makes Up for a Flat Sci-Fi Story. People Can Fly isn't being deceptive when it distances Outriders from other games, but it's hard to blame anyone for drawing the, the comparisons. With needless live service DNA baked into it, the game is one quack short of being a duck. Just as its protagonist is torn between, <laughs> torn between a human and altered state, Outriders occupies a strange middle ground between old and new game design. It's an identity crisis that weakens the current experience. Our take, is Outriders a sophisticated action game with a compelling sci-fi story? No. Does it feel fun to freeze a spider with an ice turret and shatter it with a well-placed sniper shot? You bet. Sometimes that's all one really needs from a shooter like this. It could use an offline mode for single-player sessions and a fair bit of maintenance, but it's, it's a solid foundation for an action game that respects its player's time. And then uh, I'm going to pull from Morgan Park at PC Gamer, who put up an article titled, 13 hours in, I'm still waiting for Outriders to get good. It's not a good sign for a loot shooter when I'm tired of shooting stuff by hour three. I went into Outriders ready to be surprised after, dis after it its disappointing demo, but it turns out those first few missions are representative of the final game. Flat arenas connected by uneventful hallways, underpowered abilities, and guns that aren't much fun to shoot. Outriders plays like it was raided by the fun police. The story treats your character like some godlike force of destruction, but you're so fragile that I spent most of my time fighting for scraps of health. People Can Fly seemingly wrote itself into a corner when it set the game in an alien world where only humans make guns because its arsenal of standard assault rifles, shotguns, LMGs, and sniper rifles are so needlessly dull. Tim, I have a little bit more to get into, but I want to take a pause there to ask, wait, where are you at with Outriders? Do you have interest in it? Interest in it? Have you played any of it so far? And what, are, what is your take on the impression so far? Yeah, I played a bit uh, with Naomi and Sydney over at IGN, and I really enjoyed what I did. I loved how it, it felt. I loved how it played, and it definitely was a game that uh, I was lucky enough to play on PC and was really trying to – I've been talking about this, trying to get into the mouse and keyboard thing, and I think that Outriders has been a, a really key moment for me in being able to make a couple – leaps over some hurdles that I was facing in terms of like getting comfortable with it. Um, I, I love how it feels like clicking heads like Andy's always talking about. I get it. It like, it feels good there. Um, it is interesting to see Morgan Park seemingly have such a different take than the kind of general consensus of the mm -hmm. game. Uh, but that's the beauty of opinions in video games. It's not every, everything needs to vibe with every person, but uh, I'm most interested in Outriders kind of feeling like something that all these people are saying, which is a game stuck between uh, different generations, but that's not a bad thing necessarily. It's like kind of things that we've missed of older games combined with things that we love about newer games. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. I think we were talking a couple days ago, and I'm, I mentioned that this game kind of reminds me of a PS3 era game. And I don't mean that in a terrible way. I just mean that in the way that it is this third-person uh, third action shooter cover base shooter that is very brown its story is very much like a action space like hey we're gonna take out the bad aliens kind of thing and like you know like i i kind of i resonate most with that with the second uh uh review that i read here from from giovanni over at digital trends where he mentions that you know it's thrilling action but it's a flat sci-fi story nothing in the story in this game so far has spoken to me you know even watching the cutscenes because early on playing it's very easy to kind of skip through especially when we're streaming or you're playing with friends and it becomes difficult to pay attention to the cutscenes over the weekend as I've, I've been playing more and more by myself even paying attention to the cutscenes and listening to what characters have to say i'm like i don't i don't care about what any of these people are going through like I think some of the environments look cool. I think I 
I love and hate the attitude of it because the it feels kind of angsty in ways that they they want to have these characters from a different planet like drop fuck and shit like in, in in places, but then also like they're they're going through like this serious alien military shit that I'm just like, all right, it seems kind of whatever, like it seems kind of generic. It's not really grabbing me. The action, like the gameplay, I, I I'm I'm having a surprisingly fun time with because yeah. it is it is this mixture of destiny even though they say it's not games of service and i and it, it isn't games of service but it feels like it is this mixture of destiny and borderlands in a way right where it, or destiny and um gears of war in a way where it is you know you're leveling up you're finding new loot you are uh equipping new loot constantly in this game and the more and more i've played the more and more i've started to get to the place where i'm kind of appreciating the loot because mm-hmm. they do have random modifications and random qualities like i picked up I picked up like some shoes that allow me to uh, uh, have more more durability on my turret, and I'm like, that doesn't make sense, but it's a video game as video game, so I'm gonna roll with it. It's that yeah, type man. of shit where I'm like, you know what, man, it is what it is, and I'm having a fun time, so I don't mind it. That's that's totally exactly where I'm at. I I really appreciate things that this game are doing that seem like counterintuitive to what the, the story that it's presenting, or like the how serious the game takes itself at times. Yeah. Uh, like I love how much there's the focus on shoot to heal. Like it is very much like it's a cover based thing, but I I almost feel like it's not. Like I feel like the cover's almost there, uh, kind of just for a moment of respite to be able to be like what am i going to do next because you really need to be getting out there and zooming around shooting people and what's cool about it is having the different classes i really like how they are all similar enough that they play the same so you don't need to like relearn the game but their abilities do make them stand out enough that you're interested in giving each one a shot and i like that later i was uh, a build that i was playing was like later in the game where you got legendary weapons that allow you to have abilities from the other classes with your class and like that type of strategy and stuff is i think really cool and this game has a focus on fun that is so important when it comes to to gameplay of of this type my question for you bless is like it seems like the majority of people agree that the story at at least just kind of is there but at most gets in the ways and and uh bringing down the experience like i wonder if this game would have been even better received if it just didn't have that at all if it was way more just focused on the multiplayer side of things and, you know, didn't like, it seems like giving the concession of, oh yeah, you shoot things to heal is a video game ass thing. Why don't they just go full into that video game ass thing and be like, we're not, eh, there's no story. If you want dumb lore stuff, you can read the loading screens and that's it. We're not going to give you awkward cutscenes of people jumping over ledges. They don't need to. Yeah. And I, I, I could see that. I don't know how much, I wonder how much for uh, for people the story gets in the way rather than it just being an uninteresting story. Because I wonder, I I feel like if they did do that lore stuff and if if it was the same bits that we're getting in cutscenes anyway, I think people would still be like, yeah, the world's kind of kind of boring, and yeah, there's not much to chew on in terms of actual story stuff. Um, but like at, the cutscenes are skippable, and like you can it, even when I skip the cutscenes, I feel like I'm not missing anything. I feel like I'm I'm kind of just you know going through it so i can get to the next piece of game so why are they there though that's what that's what i'm asking it's just like are there enough people out there because i'm sure there's somebody that's enjoying it but are there enough people that the development resources are worth putting into all this instead of the things that people seem to really be jiving with with this game which there are many Mm -hmm. i mean i it my thing is it feels like they did try 
with the story. Like they, yeah. I, I think they wanted to try and have a story that people got into and got invested uh, invested in, but it just didn't work. And so yeah, like if they if they removed the story entirely and just had it be, hey, you're going from you're you're, you're going from gameplay B to gameplay B, and we're gonna feed you story through items or through load screens or through some other means other than constant cutscenes. I could see that being a, a a way for them to to get around it and like save that development time and all that stuff. I don't know if it would lead to like better reviews because I I think I've, either way the whether or not you had it in there or not like I I think the story is just one of those things where it's like yeah I, it would be a better game if people if we were able to care about this more like it'd be a better game if this is if this is compelling and it had better performances and all this stuff. But either way, like. You know, like it, it is. It is very much a for me a seven, like seven out of ten to eight out of ten, like swimming in that area. But for for that, still very fun game, like still very enjoyable. Uh, one of the things that's, that has, has sucked about its launch over the last weekend has been the server stuff, which I'm gonna pull directly from Adam Bankhurst at IGN, who kind of writes about it in an article titled "Outriders Online Outage Hampers Successful Launch." While Outriders has been po quite popular since its launch earlier this week, many players have reported server issues that are hampering the experience. To resolve these problems, Outriders servers are being taken down for a short time to bring it back into a healthy and stable state. And I should pause there and mention that this article was written late last week when they were doing the whole shut it down, turn it back on thing. Outriders Twitter account has been very transparent and communicative about these server troubles, and its most recent tweet confirmed that the team is about to do the mother of all turn it off and turn it on, on again. <laughs> Outriders, Twitter, Outriders Twitter previously shared that they aren't looking to just solve symptoms, but want to ensure it can safeguard against such issues in the future, and therefore looking into, and th are therefore looking into root causes. In their latest update, Outriders Twitter has confirmed that servers are, quote, continuing to improve as the team, team is working hard to stabilize them in the long term, and that players should be able to get back online in most cases. And yeah, like, trying to play, play it over the weekend and since launch has been such a struggle, because even on single player, even if, even if you're playing by yourself, you need to be connected, which is, I think, a big problem, a big fault. Because, like, you know, you shouldn't, if you're playing single player, if, you, if you're playing by yourself, you shouldn't need to kind of worry about those things. Um, but, yeah, like, it's been, it's been such a hamper, and it's been such kind of a bummer, um, especially because you can tell they're trying. Like, they've done, they've done a really good job on Twitter keeping people up to date and communicating with the audience and being like, hey, this is where we're at. Hey, we're turning servers on in these countries. Hey, U.S., you know, look forward to servers turning on in a couple hours. Uh, they're really trying over there, but the online has, has been pretty trash, <laughs> to yeah. say the least. I mean, look, this sucks, obviously. I think the, the key takeaway, though, is they are being transparent. They're updating people. They are fixing these things. And they're, in my opinion, giving the right answers and the, the right statements of they're not trying to put a Band-Aid on this. They're trying to actually look for the problems, the roots of the problems, and solve them. So going forward, there's uh, a solid player base that's playing a game that actually works. And I think that that is the, the only way that they can push through this or else it's going to turn into a disaster story like we've seen so many other times before. I don't think that's going to be the case. There's a good game here. There is a lot of people enjoying that good game. And even more so, there are more people that want to be playing the game that can't right now because of these issues. Mm -hmm. I, I think that uh, people can fly are very, very understanding of where they're at. I think all the decisions they've been making going into the launch of this game, including it coming to Game Pass, are is very much telling a story of they know what they have on their hands here. And I'm sure there's a, a new story coming up that's going to really double down into that of the success of this game. So I think at the end of the day, they're doing the right thing. It. I, it, it sucks that we need to just expect that these game launches are going to be this way, but that's the reality. They are. 
And I think that we can point fingers a million ways and we're not necessarily wrong as consumers. We're buying something that we expect to work and for it to not work is a major bummer and that sucks. The other side of that is, hey, there's, there's it's impossible to stress test this level and this is just going to happen and it sucks that developers have to figure stuff out on a holiday weekend. The other side of that is, well, why'd you release a game the Friday before a holiday weekend? It's like, mm -hmm. you know, we can point fingers any which way. The reality is this is not going to go away anytime soon. This is how these type of video games are going to launch. And hopefully they, the Outriders in this particular situation gets figured out sooner than later. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about some Outriders sales. Story number two, we got video game sales, man. Video games are selling. Uh, we're going to start off with the Outriders, but then we're also going to move on to Monster Hunter Rise in a second. But starting with Outriders, I'm pulling from Benji Sales on Twitter. Uh, Outriders has beat Borderlands, Borderlands 2 and 3 in Steam concurrence. Benji Sales tweet at Benji Sales on Twitter. Uh, his tweets go like this. Outriders performance on PC is insane. It's just hit a new peak, a new Steam peak concurrent players higher than the all-time Borderlands peak. Outriders peak hit 124,812 players, uh, comparing that to Borderlands 2 and 3. Uh, Borderlands 2 was at 124,678, and Borderlands 3 peak concurrence was at 93,820. Benji continues saying, uh, crazy, a new IP doing higher numbers than one of the biggest brands in the genre, which I think, again, like is wild. Like that, that, those are wild numbers. To, to bring a little bit more into that, uh, GamesIndustry.biz this morning posted UK box charts for, the, uh, for this last week. Uh, and Outriders is sitting at number six. Uh, and, uh, breaking it down, right, starting at number 10, right, we got Minecraft. This, again, this is UK sales. Minecraft at number 10, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, Ring Fit Adventure, Outriders, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Monster Hunter Rise, Super Mario 3D World, Animal Crossing <laughs> New Horizons, and then FIFA 21 sitting at number one. And oh, so, yeah. I, sorry, I was laughing. Mario 3D All Stars. <laughs> of course, it sneaks in there. Oh, Mar getting yeah. that final bump. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like that. I mean, for what we just talked about with Outriders' performance and and you know the di different critical impressions that the game is getting, all this stuff, it's killing it in terms of numbers. Dude, it's unbelievable, man. Video games are in such a crazy transitional period right now, I think in every which way in terms of broadening the, the potential player base. When we look at the pandemic and what it did for video games as a whole, we look at the Switch, how many times do we need to talk about the Animal Crossing sales, right? How does that translate to Monster Hunter Rise? A very different game, but now there's even more Switches in the wild. It's selling ridiculously well for being a niche game. It is hitting everyone in that niche right? Plus, mm -hmm. there are more people than ever in the niche. On the other side of it, we have the more mainstream core gamers that I think, I mean, there's proof in the pudding here, there are more people playing on PC than ever, in addition to console. It, in the 90s, there was a, a huge split between console gamer, PC gamer. As we went through the PS3 generation, Xbox generation, it very much was like, oh, there's a couple games you play on PC, but otherwise you have consoles like counter-strike right that's a pc game period like people could play it on xbox but it's a pc game where we're at now the pc is just another console and i think that a lot of gamers are like oh yeah i have a pc and these other things so when you add all that together uh on top of like more different storefronts like epic and steam and xbox game pass and all that stuff there's just more options for people to be playing these games these numbers are just for steam concurrent players for a new ip that Honestly, everyone is talking about as if it's a seven or eight. 
yeah. you know, but that people are still flocking to it. Like that is such a good sign of the validity of the gaming industry and its ability to continue to grow because it is still in its infancy. Yeah. You know, these are very impressive numbers for Outriders. I wonder what it means for the future of Outriders because I could have easily seen this game as one that would have would have came and went. You know, like it came out April April first, and then all like people play it for a week and then forget about it because it was generic or because the story was interesting or because of whatever. The fact that these numbers are this high, and the fact that for even where I'm at in the game right now, right, I'm like level eighteen or level level nineteen, playing the game for like. Actually, I've lost, I've lost count of my hours, but probably like se- seven hours about, I want to say, maybe more than that. Um, you know, I I don't want to stop. Like, I want to keep going. I'm, I'm enjoying myself a lot, and it seems like a, a lot of other people are too, uh, with, to varying degrees. I I look forward to seeing what the game has in the future. I saw some other articles about like possible DLC and all this stuff, and if they're able to 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 get that going and are able to kind of keep this player base uh, uh, into the game, then that probably speaks speaks to a very bright future for Outriders and what to expect from it. And so go get them. Hell yeah. Also a fun thing to note, in that same gamesindustry.biz article where they broke down the UK box charts, uh, they also mentioned that Balan Wonder, Wonder World, which also came out last week, hasn't managed to break the top 40 at all, which, yeesh. Damn. Yeesh, that is least. crazy. Yeah. Like, of course it didn't do well, but like top 40, like I wish we could find the, the full list of games. Is that possible? I, I wonder. I'm going to look. You can keep going. Yeah. I'm going to look. Yeah, see if you're able to find it. Uh, sticking on the sales train, Monster Hunter Rise has suppressed 5 million units globally. I'm going to pull directly from a Capcom press release for this. Capcom today announced that Monster Hunter Rise for Nintendo Switch has shipped 5 million units worldwide. The Monster Hunter series consists of hunting action games that pit players against giant monsters in a beautiful, natural environment. Beginning with the, fir- with the first title in 2004, the series established a brand, new, a brand new genre in which players cooperate to hunt ferocious monsters with their friends and has since grown into a global phenomenon with cumulative sales of the series exceeding 66 million units shipped as of December 31st, 2020. So go get him, Monster Hunter. Five million. Does that, that's does that insane. One, does that I mean, one surprise that is, you at all? Oh yeah, so it's so surprising, and like I keep seeing people being like, "Oh, why would people be surprised about this?" Monster Hunter World did so great. It's like, yeah, Monster Hunter is extremely popular in Japan. It has been forever, and we've all seen the stories, the pictures, the lines of people playing PSP versions of Monster Hunter World was the first major breakout in in a bigger way. I always talk about it being similar to Fire Emblem Awakening kind of really opening that franchise up to a much, much, much larger audience than it ever had before. And that led the way to Three Houses being as big of a success as it was. What I'm shocked about is after World, it then going to the the Switch, which whether you're uh, a Greg Miller who looks at it more as like, oh, it seems like a more portable experience. I'm not going to, I'm not that interested in vibing with it compared to Monster in the World. Or if you're looking at people that are like, oh man, the Switch just isn't as powerful as the PlayStation or Xbox where I could play world. I'd rather a world too. Mm-hmm. I, I am shocked that it seems like, again, anybody that would be interested in this game is playing this game is buying this game on the Nintendo switch. That is the power of Capcom being back uh, in a way they haven't for so long. And are now just on a run, like since 2016, they have just been killing it. Yeah. Right. And if they continue to do this alongside the Switch continuing to kill it, it's like, yeah, that's a recipe for success. But 
Uh, it's not necessarily something that is a guarantee. It is, uh, I think now there is proof in the pudding where it's like, yep, cool. The Switch does have this, this uh, attach rate power for the Monster Hunter franchise. But that I don't think was something that it was a guarantee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think when you talk about Switch in the attachment rate, you're usually talking about first-party Nintendo games, which is why we look at something like Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and we're like, holy shit, that game sold like nearly like, you know, to 50% of Switch owners, you know, like it, it hit like 30, 30 million in Switch sales. Uh, and you look at Monster Hunter World, and for context, right, that game sold, uh, I want to say past 15 million units uh, uh, at its release, or I guess over over the years since its release. And that is that isn't always a guarantee when you're launching a game on Switch. You know, I think there's the like the infamous comments from EA where they're talking about how like yeah we're not gonna we're not releasing games on Switch because you know we're releasing our games where our games sell sell, and for a Monster Hunter game to come out on Switch and sell five million units already like within weeks that is very impressive. And yeah, again, speaks to a little bit speak it speaks to a little bit more context when we talk when we talk about can if can third-party games sell well on switch like monster hunter rise selling that much that is le- that is legitimately nintendo attached rate attachment rate numbers like that is it selling comparatively to a nintendo first party game which is mm-hmm. really impressive for a game that just released exclusively on switch yeah so. uh michael r o'leary in the chat says i mean it was also handheld only for a bunch of iterations in a row right exactly and that's why i think that uh this is such a big deal is that it did well on those systems but it didn't do monster hunter world well world is isn't it still the best-selling Capcom game of all time? Yeah. yeah, it's like that puts it on another level, which is like, oh shit! Now we're now that there is proof in the pudding that a portable game can also maintain that type of success. I think is a really big deal for the franchise and, like Bless is saying, the ability for third-party games to sell those type of numbers on on the Switch, which we've yeah. seen before in, in a couple ways, but never to this speed, never to this degree. Yeah, for context. Total shipments for Monster Hunter World reached 16.8 million units at the end of December 2020, which is an incredible number. And for Rise to already hit 5 million, I wonder if it catches up to that. Like, I wonder and, if there's a chance for Rise to sell better than World, even though and it's that's exclusive. World on two or three consoles, depending on if they're counting PC sales within yeah. that time frame. Yeah, that's incredible. And so, shout out to Monster Hunter uh, Monster Hunter Rise. We'll continue to keep an eye on that to see how that grows and continues. But for now. Tim, let's talk about story number three. You might be getting another Xbox event in the coming weeks. This is Andy Robinson at VGC. Microsoft will hold a What's Next for Gaming event this uh, this month, according to a new report. ZDNet journalist Mary Jo Foley claims that the game-focused virtual event will take place in the coming weeks to supplement Microsoft's annual Build Conference, which is confirmed to take place in May. Since Build is a developer-focused event, it's likely any gaming showcase would be focused on the platform itself rather than the games. But Foley notes that this is a sep- this is separate from the developer-focused GameStack event listed for April. Microsoft has adopted a strategy for holding smaller, more frequent news events so far in 2021. Last month, it, me- it held an extensive ID at Xbox showcase, and it's also announced an event dedicated to Age of Empires. In February, Xbox's platform development boss teased exciting new features coming to Xbox Series X and S this year, stating that what had been released so far for the console is just the beginning. Speaking on the official Xbox podcast, Director of Program Management Jason Ronald said that these new platform announcements would be made as early as over the coming months. Tim, are you excited for a possible new Xbox event coming in the next month? 
I am extremely excited for a possible event. I, I feel like we've been kind of missing out on on these type of announcements or even you know just games in general. Video games are in a weird place right now in the mm-hmm. in early 2021. Games getting delayed. Like it, it's it's not that fun to be looking. There's nothing too much to be looking forward to. We have Resident Evil 8 uh, next month, but besides that, we're kind of in a little bit of a standstill. Ratchet and Clank in June. Um, I'm itching for some announcements, and I think that this could be really cool. The way they're talking about it, I don't necessarily think it's going to be uh, E3 level. Yeah, type I don't think of you're not going to get showcase. Halo You're not, yeah. not, not going to get Hellblade. Um, but I mean, the thing is, I what I'm excited about hearing this is hearing what they when they officially announce it, what the words are associated with it of how they're talking about it. Is this just part of a larger Microsoft event that they're just, oh yeah, a game's going to show up too, kind of like last year uh, at um, um, the tech one ces when uh playstation had like when sony had a presentation and playstation revealed the logo of the yeah. playstation oh, 5 yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah. where it's like yeah okay there was like they came to talk about gaming but it was like eh, that that's not really that big is it going to be something like that or this is a microsoft event that, like their kind of answer to a nintendo direct uh, uh playstation say to play like they have their inside Xbox, but every once in a while they do their other events. Is this going to be that? That's what I'm excited about finding out. Either way, even if we're not, you got to expect. So if they're talking about uh, May for this, the latest we're going to get something's June <laughs> with how the industry works. So whatever E3 looks like, summer game mess, all of that stuff. Like we're going to get an Xbox event in the next three months. So this would not surprise me if this ends up being bigger than this report leads it to to sound like yeah i'm i'm gonna keep my expectations very tempered for this one especially because they mentioned that this is meant to supplement their annual build conference which is a developer focused thing uh and so you you're probably gonna see them focus more on platform but i do wonder what that means right because we just got we just got fps boosts you know they've they've been microsoft has been making a lot of platform focused announcements that have been surprisingly very exciting for what they are i wonder if we get more stuff that is similar to fps boost or maybe more games that are going to get that or get uh x cloud availability like they just did for a lot of their legacy titles i think stuff like that is, is that's kind of where i'm keeping my expectation for this uh those types of announcements but i do like that they that on the Microsoft side, because we talk about Nintendo Direct, we talk about PlayStation State of Play. Microsoft doesn't really have a standard uh, like stream that they do, like a standard presentation. They have inside Xbox. They have uh, they've had XO uh, that they've done, which are, which is like their big big event that they throw at the end of the year in like November ish. Um, but like it seems like they they do a good job of making everything kind of its own thing, which I think of itself is kind of smart and pretty exciting like we just got the id at xbox presentation a couple weeks ago and that was a four hour long stream about independent games where they went through talked about all of them a bunch of them are coming to game pass and you didn't really have people overshoot their expectations for it because it was something that was hey this is this is a one-of-a-kind thing that you can tune in for uh whatever this is i wouldn't be surprised surprised if they were like hey tune in to our build presentation or our platform xbox presentation whatever fun name they gave it i'm not a marketer so that wasn't a fun name but whatever name they give it right and it is like a oh cool we haven't seen them do this before let's see what this is about and we get announcements that blow us away because they're 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 not branding it a certain way um i like that idea i like the idea of having a bunch of different pockets you can put things into yeah i'm on the total opposite side where i think that Mm -hmm. one of xbox's biggest problems is they just have too many brands 
And it's just like you need to kind of like consolidate it a bit. Nintendo had the problem for a while with there's Indie World and then there's Nindies and then there's Indie Showcases and all that stuff. And it's like, okay, cool. We're, we're getting to a point that they've kind of consolidated that. On PlayStation, it's like PlayStation now is potentially the worst branded service in the history of video games. It's like for how developed that thing has become and with xbox game pass being what it is now the fact that ps now is just something that exists and today gets avengers coming to it and all this it's like that how is that not being talked about in the same way and it's like well it's on playstation they don't talk about it that way they don't present mm -hmm. it that way and i feel like with steps we're seeing with xbox of taking xbox live the rebrand there they're clearly trying to rebrand to simplify things as much as possible which i think is is very key to the success and understanding of video games especially as we're in this new era where it's more complicated than ever with last gen this gen pc game pass streaming all that stuff it's like we need people to be able to understand the language of this if if they want game announcements mm -hmm. to be exciting game releases to work all that stuff it needs to work in synergy my my counter argument would be for the playstation side of things I, they do state of plays often where I'm like, why is this a state of play? And they also do blog posts often where I'm like, why isn't this a state of play? For example, like the, the we got um, recently the Destruction All-Stars state of play, mm -hmm. which when you compare that state of play to, to um, earlier last year where they revealed uh, Ghost of Tsushima gameplay during one of the state of plays or last was gameplay during a state of play, the, I, there are ways in which the, I, I, the state of play name by itself doesn't manage expectations that i feel like could be done way better you know 100%. like what if you what if you did call like the game like when, when you're focusing on one on your next uh first party release just on that game what if you call it something else that isn't a state of play well what if we called it a playstation breakdown or a playstation uh playstation underground or whatever i know underground is a thing but what if you rebranded it into that right like i think I think there's something there in terms of finding buckets because even we, we talk about all the time the whenever playstation does the we're revealing eight indie games this morning we're revealing five vr games this morning it's like okay why isn't that a state of play or why don't you find a way to brand that so that we know what we're getting and we and we know we we can get excited for that i think there i think you know i i definitely understand and feel what you're saying in terms of don't overcomplicate things don't give people a billion different things to memorize and and uh let things get lost and shuffle that way i don't i totally agree with you there but i also think that if you can find three good umbrellas like three good ideas three good brands that you can put these things under then that i think that goes a long way in terms of selling that brand to people and making people understand what they're getting when it comes to these presentations yeah i agree with you completely and i want it clear i don't think that anybody's doing it right I think Nintendo is For the sure. closest with the, the branding and the Nintendo Directs, and they make it clear when they are doing a Nintendo Direct that's just one game or just one company's games or just blah, blah, blah. But uh, even that, God, they, they're, there's so much that they can iterate on to, to fix. And I hope that everybody does because it is a fucking mess. And yeah. that's why the summer game mess exists. Thank you, Jeff Grubb. You know what isn't our mess? what our sponsors you can get your yes. life together with our sponsors of course you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free and speaking of ads this episode of kind of funny games daily is brought to you by honey we all shop online and we've all seen that promo promo code field taunt us at checkout but thanks to honey manually searching for coupon codes is the thing of the past honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes that apply and, and applies the best one it finds to your cart Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. They range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, 
the honey button drops down, and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Click the click, honey button. Click the honey button. Wait a few seconds as honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. If honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. Kind of funny loves honey. Tim Gettys himself has used it for years and has saved thousands of dollars. He says, he says himself, you are silly. If you don't use it, it is free and easy. Isn't that right, Tim? It is. Yeah, you are silly. It's free and easy. Click the honey button. Click the honey button. Honey has found us over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. If you don't already have honey, you could be straight up missing out on some free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a favor uh, in supporting this podcast. I'd never, re- I'd never recommend something we don't use. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash games. That's joinhoney.com slash games. Click the Honey button. We're also brought to you by Fixture Gaming. We wanted to talk about a special kind of funny best friend today. Have you ever used your Nintendo Switch for a long, long time, and afterwards your wrists and shoulders get sore? Turns out the Nintendo Switch isn't the most ergonomic. Sometimes you, you just want to use a pro controller and still play on the go. Our friend Austin Stark had an idea to fix that, the Fixture S1. We met Austin a while back at a San Francisco meet and greet, and he showed us the Fixture S1, known as the Switch Fix at the time, and we were blown away by how comfortable and sturdy it was. Since then, we use the Fixture S1 pretty regularly. You just slide it, you just slide in the Nintendo Switch, attach your Pro Controller, and now you can take your Switch and Pro Controller with you anywhere. You can also use it as a stand for the Switch. The Fixture S1 comes in two colors, gray and red slash blue. It, it, is all, it has completely changed the way we play on our Nintendo Switches, and we're thrilled to announce that the Fixture S1 is on sale this week for 20% off on the Fixture Gaming website. If you want to check it out, please go to www.fixturegaming.com. Thanks again to Austin and the Fixture Gaming team for sponsoring this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. Tim. Yo, real quick, once Kev pops back to me. There we go. There Love we go. this thing. The Fixture is fantastic. It is awesome. Allows you to play Switch. Gives you It's so much versatility. You get the Pro Controller you can play. It can work in tabletop mode. It's fantastic. Highly recommend it. Check it out. Click the fixture gaming button. Click Story the honey number button. four. Kick the honey button. Story number four. Apex Legends season nine might feature a ton of Titanfall content. This is Adam Bankhurst at IGN. While we haven't gotten a proper entry in the Titanfall series since 2016, Apex Legends ninth, ninth season is is set to have a quote a ton of Titanfall co- uh, coming back into the game one way or another. End quote. As reported by Dexterito, a number of Apex Legends developers from Respawn appeared on a panel hosted by Brown Girl Gamer Code and discussed how Titanfall fans uh, have some really cool stuff to look forward to. Quote, next season, season nine, you're actually going to see a ton of Titanfall coming back into the game in one way or another, Apex Legends game director Chad Grenier promised. Quote, I've told some people before, if you're a Titanfall fan, hang on for season nine because there's going to be a ton of really cool stuff there. End quote. Apex's senior writer, Ashley Reed, discussed how intrinsically tied together both Apex Legends and Titanfall are, and how this next step is simply a natural evolution. Quote, what's going on in Titanfall is a war. Apex is what happens after the war. Like, what is life like in this place? Uh, Reed explained. She continued, so we're trying to integrate Titanfall into that, because Titanfall is very much a part of the universe. End quote. 
While anything is possible, those hoping for actual giant mechs to drop from the sky in Apex should remember Respawn had previously mentioned that it prototyped approximately a bazillion ways of having Titans in this game. The reality, they're an incredible unbalancing factor. End quote. Tim, Mm -hmm. motherfucking Gettys, what do you think this I mean, I know you're not a Titanfall or Apex person. I mean, this is awesome. This is so cool. Yeah. I and you know, I'm most shocked that we're on season nine of Apex. Like, good yeah, lord, they are. are pumping these things out. And yeah, I mean, this makes sense. It's in the same world. Like, I I think that they've done a good job, a great job of building Apex out and keeping people like you, bless, super interested in it. And yeah, this is it's cool. And I, I think that being able to show restraint to not have done this way earlier is a good sign. I think that they've built something very special with Apex, and that is probably going to continue to go on for a long time and guess what if you're a titanfall fan this is the closest thing to a potential titanfall 3 actually happening so if this is kind of you know hits right i think building out the titanfall world even more getting people more interested in that gives titanfall 3 not only a better chance to be made but a better chance to be a success if it were to come out i do think we're going to see one at some point like i think that that's an inevitability that people care about this and you know we got a mirror's edge too <laughs> eventually we got it we're getting a skate four like we're gonna get a titanfall everybody knows the titanfall 2 got done dirty everybody so we'll see yeah it. yeah i'm hyped i know the end the end of the article mentions that you know it's probably not titans because they've they've uh just been not good for balancing the game according to respawn I think it's Titans. I think we're going to get Titans. That's my prediction. My prediction is that we're going to get Titans. I don't know if it's going to be a legend that they, when their ultimate is to call a Titan or 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 what form that looks like. But it, I I don't think you I don't think you mention Titanfall without dropping Titans in there, right? Like what else? Like what? Like because Apex Legends, the Apex Legends has Titanfall references. Like it's in the same universe. You have guns from Titanfall. You have uh like you have plenty of stuff that references titanfall in there already the one thing if you're gonna say if you're gonna allude to titanfall the one thing that you put in there are titans i'd imagine like i don't know what else it would be people are saying wall running uh which i think could be cool but you you would have to design maps around that if you're gonna make that a thing and i feel like that is a lot of work for a thing that i don't think most people are asking for out of apex legends apex legends already plays pretty beautifully like apex legends i am happy with i think i think adding wall running would change the game inherently in a way that might be kind of risky for the game like yeah, i would i would save that for the next titanfall or for the next spinoff game whatever that looks like for respawn but titans oh man i it's gotta be like it's gotta be i don't know what else man i don't I, know what else. i'm i'm hyped that, that that's what you think because like i listen to them and i'm like oh, i trust what you're saying but that'd be fucking cool but we won't have to wait too long to see right yeah, we don't have to wait too long to see. I, I could I could also see it being something like a new mode. Uh, maybe that includes Titans. Maybe it is like a um, like an arena multiplayer mode or something that is more traditional team deathmatch. I think that'd be fun. Um, but either way, this speaks to excitement. Like I'm really into this. I hope that uh, it satiates people for that Titan for that next Titanfall. Um, I'm I I don't know how confident I am that we'll get a Titanfall three at least soon. Cause like Titan Titanfall two got done dirty. Um, but Apex Legends is killing it in terms of concurrent players. Like they're killing it in terms of content. I, I, and a lot of people I know are super into the latest season of Apex. Uh, and for the for the the success that that game is having right now, 
I think it just it, it lowers it lowers that factor of them being like, all right, now let's make a game that people didn't show up for. Let's make another entry into this game that people didn't show up for, even though it had this cult success. And I know mm. people love that 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 Titanfall two uh, campaign, including me. But I don't know if I was if I was respawn, I would make an Apex a new Apex game or a new game in the Titanfall universe that isn't necessarily Titanfall three. Like something that could spin off of the success of Apex is where I would where I would lean if I was respawn. Hmm. Interesting. But we'll have to wait and see. Season nine, not too far away. Very excited. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about our last new story. Story number five. PlayStation 5 is named the official console of the NBA 2K League. This comes from an official press release. The NBA 2K League today announced a landmark multi-year partnership with Sony Interactive Entertainment that makes PlayStation 5 the official console of the NBA 2K League. Beginning this month, the 23 NBA 2K League teams and 138 players in the league will compete on PS5 during games and events. The partnership marks the first of its kind for PS5 consoles with an esports league and the first console partnership for the NBA 2K, 2K League, which will tip off its fourth season in May. Quote, NBA 2K League players are the best in the world at what they do, so it's only fitting that they compete on the best gaming equipment in the world, said NBA 2K League president Brendan Donahue. Quote, PlayStation is a long-standing global leader in interactive entertainment, and we are thrilled to be able to leverage their gaming expertise and technology to create the optimal experience for NBA 2K League players and fans. Tim, this is coming off of uh, a week or so ago. We got the uh, a whole PlayStation acquiring Evo thing, and now this. It seems like PlayStation is making big moves into esports. Into esports, yeah, totally, man. I mean, like all this is. Uh, it, it's interesting to look at it from what this news itself means, and also just the general kind of industry of where it's at right now. Of the you know different key market holders kind of gaining exclusivity in different ways um, across the industry, whether it's esports or exclusive titles to their systems or exclusive, uh, like like the dlc or whatever like map exclusive map packs and all that stuff that we saw a couple generations ago exclusive characters and all that and it's just like yeah man like is it anti-consumer absolutely because that's not what this is about this is about money and it's about uh you know having the nba 2k league president saying the playstation is the best video game console like that's what this is all about um i think it's a little bit weird like i think that limiting uh these type of leagues to specific consoles is at the end of the day, limiting, like, and when it comes to things like esports, and the community is so important, and player pool is so important that cross play and like being able to play anywhere, I think, is a very important thing. Having said that, though, it's like this is how these things work. These these leagues don't exist unless there's money being made, and this is how the money is made to make sure that these leagues continue to exist and be something that people are putting effort into and showing up to. That's why I think that the Overwatch League has been as successful as it is, as Activision's worked really hard to make it a big deal. Um, so with, you know, Evo getting backing from PlayStation, like being part of PlayStation, like that could be a, a, a huge boost for Evo. And this could be a huge boost for NBA 2K. Or it could be limiting because this is such a specific title that has a specific group of fans and limiting that group in any way might not be the best call long term. Tim, very excited to see where this esports and PlayStation stuff goes. But mm. the future of all this is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Drop Shops today, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Out.
out today. We got NGU Industries for PC and Mac, Cute Honey 3 for PC, and then Cyber Taxi for Switch. We got a couple of new dates Hold for on. you. What's Real up? quick, Cyber Taxi. I was like, is that the Crazy Taxi ripoff that we just played a couple weeks ago? And I was like, no, that was like mm-hmm. Crazy Cab or something. I look up cra- yeah. Cyber Taxi. Cyber Taxi is an action-packed driving first-person shooter and taxi simulator set in a grim vision of the future. It's all you all you need to know. What? All Kevin, you need to know. Is there a way we can pull up a trailer for that? Because I need to know how this looks. <laughs> I don't know what any of those words mean when you put them together that way. Oh uh, Lord. We got a couple of new days for you. We got Lost Words that is coming to Xbox One, PS4, Steam, Nintendo Switch on April 6th. And then Tasumaki Behind the Twilight is coming to Steam and GOG on Wednesday, April 14th, 2021. Deal of the day for you. We got some new PlayStation Now titles. Marvel's Avengers is coming to PlayStation Now until July 5th. Borderlands 3 is coming to PlayStation Now until September 29th. And then we're also getting The Long Dark for PlayStation Now. Big, big month, I guess, for PlayStation Now, right? Like, that's a yeah, big, that's, big release. That's huge, man. Mar- Marvel's Avengers. Love to see it. Uh, Kevin, have you, have you been able to pull it up yet? Uh, yeah. Give me, give me two seconds, cause like, there's a like, there we go, there it is. What I'm looking for. Hold on, hold on. There it is. It, there you, uh, there it, it's exactly what we thought it was. No, this is so much cooler than I thought it was. I didn't expect it to have this like retro yeah, '90s PC like look to it. Duke really? Nukem. It's like Duke, Duke Nukem, Nukem, but you're yeah, driving a taxi. Exactly what it looks like. It's awesome, man. It's so fucking weird. It's getting good it's, reviews too, which is shocking. Is it really? Yeah. Is that a DeLorean? Yeah. It's getting like 70, like it has like a 75, 80. This looks mad. Cool. Holy cow. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. Cyber taxi, everybody. Uh, Tim, folks can go over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where not only can they get the show ad free, they can write in with their questions. Mm-hmm. I, we don't have a lot of time left in the show. And so I'm going to pull one of these questions, but I got quite a few I can pull from. So, so Tim, tell me if you want to talk about cross gen upgrades. You want to talk about. 2021 being a slow year or you want to talk about what people are going to call um or what parents are going to call mario's now that mario is dead jesus christ let's go with the cross gen one cross gen all right michael knight writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can and says good afternoon blessing and tim there's been a lot of talk on kind of funny about next gen upgrades some go smoothly some require downloading re-downloading I'm just wondering how you think the cross-platform upgrades and cross-saves have been going since launch. Also, do you think in seven to eight years, with the next ge- next generation of consoles, cross-save and cross-platform upgrades will be easier and more streamlined? Thanks for all you do, Michael Knight. Tim, how are you feeling about them cross-gen upgrades? We've been talking about this a bit on Kind of Funny Gamescast. They're a fucking disaster, and it just really, really sucks that it seems like it's not going to ever really be fixed. It's just kind of what we're going to have to deal with until cross-gen's not really a thing anymore because we're just fully into next-gen. But yeah, it just sucks that, I like I've been saying, there's been like three or four games now that I've went from PS4 to PS5 and every single time I've had some some version of similar issues that every time I thought I had solved uh, when it comes to having to upload your save from the PS4, then downloading the PS5 version before you delete the PS4 version without it causing any issues with trophies not popping or this or that. I think that the unfortunate reality is we just, on a per-game basis, kind of need to let the update patch come out for the PS4 and PS5 upload, download, save stuff, and then read some Reddit threads on what all the issues are that you need to know going into it. Because this reminds me of all the games that have like missable trophies that are just bullshit where it's like, these are some things you need to know before playing this game. It's kind of like, 
before it's it's on us at this point. Fool me once, fool me twice. We all heard it. We know what we're talking about. I feel like it's on us to like look into the issues because there will be issues. There shouldn't be, but there's gonna be. Yeah, this is this is one of those issues where I like this speaks a lot to the power of of smart delivery on the Xbox side because I know there are still problems here and there when it comes to upgrading games there. Like I I forget the game that we're talking about recently. Might have been Tony Hawk. Where yeah, Tony Hawk just straight up broken. didn't work on Xbox. Broken yeah. on Xbox. So smart delivery, not necessarily always that smart. Yeah, like not 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 a perfect system, but at the very least, it seems to work most of the time, and it seems to work way smoother than the PlayStation. Way side of smoother. Things, it's been fucking which, awesome, especially the, like across PC and Xbox. The fact that it just works, yeah, I can yeah. play Ori on PC, pop it up into my Xbox, and then my save is just there, playing with the new 120 frames per second patch, all that stuff. It's like God, Xbox. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the thing that blew my mind was I was talking to Snow White Mike, uh, I want to say last week or the week before, and it was when they released, um, it was either when Oblivion came to Game Pass or they put 60 FPS on it. Ba- basically, there was, for some reason, Snow White Mike was playing Oblivion on the his Xbox Series X, and he opened it, and he was like, bro, my save from, like, 2008 is just here. Like, it's already, it's already working. Like, it's just here for me to use. And that is such a mind-blowing thing to me, because yeah. on the PlayStation side, there is no way <laughs> that would work that way um the 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 way that saves seem to be just segmented from ps4 to ps5 i in a way i expected it and it doesn't come as a surprise but when you look at xbox and you see that it works pretty seamlessly for the most part it is mind-blowing how Mm -hmm. that isn't that isn't the case on playstation that's what you get when you focus on foundation and ecosystem and services and that's what xbox has been doing for an entire generation to build up to this point (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. I don't love I don't love the going into a PS4 game, uploading your save, then going into no. the PS5 game and redownloading it and having it not work every now and then. Uh, that's been such a frustrating thing. But to uh, the question here from Michael Knight, um, you know, in eight years, do you think it'll be streamlined? Do you think it'll be better? Well, the thing is, in eight in eight years, it won't matter because, like, think about this: how many more games do we have that we're going to have to deal with this on the PS4 side at all? Final Fantasy VII remake. Mm-hmm inner grade or whatever the fuck it's called but isn't that the end i mean for now yeah but i think they're talking about ps5 to ps6 yeah i mean i think it'll be a problem still i don't think this like unless playstation shifts their uh like shifts their platform to being more like xbox where they are putting more focus into backwards compatibility and cross-gen like the ecosystem all working together in a way that feels way more holistic than yeah, no, I expect I expect this to be the same case in about eight years on PlayStation, and it's gonna be, mm. gonna be something you deal with for about maybe two to three years, maybe a year, a year to two years when you're in that transition period. But then probably forget about. Yeah, after a while. I, I'm gonna say this: this won't be an issue. There will be other issues, but I think that they they'll solve this one for whatever next gen PlayStation looks like. Hopefully, um, yeah. Of course, you can not only get us your questions, you can get us your squad ups on Patreon, uh, just like. SSBB Phenom did. SSBB Phenom wrote in with a squad up on Xbox and says, I could use more active online friends on my new console. Lately, I play Avengers and Apex and Cold War and Fortnite and Rocket League and whatever else I'm somewhat decent at. Uh, I play on on all consoles with the same goofy name. So if you want to play stuff sometime, add me. And if not, that's cool too. You can add SSBB with the username. And I guess it's it's the same username on Xbox and PlayStation 
SSBB Phenom, uh, spelt exactly how it sounds with no spaces, no underscores, none of that. Go play some games with them. Have a good time. Have a I wonder time. if that has to do with Super Smash Brothers Brawl. I thought the exact same thing. Like my mind went to Super Smash Brothers, and then for some reason my mind also went to Super Saiyan. But then I was like, no, that doesn't seem. I that also went seem to accurate. Super Saiyan. I also went to Super yeah. Saiyan. But that's like SSJ. Yeah. Something yeah. I've always wanted to do in some type of content is to take a bunch of different uh, acronyms and like present them to a different like a group of us mm. and see what first comes to mind for all of them because I feel like they're mm. like FF. Is it? Fast and Furious, or is it Final Fantasy? See, I went you Final know? Fantasy. DMC, what do you think? Devil May Cry. Well, yeah, okay. DMC, oh, there was see, a game I called th- DMC in a second. What do you think? YouTube Kev? strike. That's, <laughs> DMC. that's DMCA, but yeah. Cool. Well, hey, cool. hey, man, but you asked me what I thought, you know what I mean? Was it missing a letter? Yeah. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. <sighs> that's awesome. Now it's time for California.com slash you're wrong. That's where you write in and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. We got a couple of your wrongs here. Uh, DJ Kento, Nayla Ball, just a little, and a few more people wrote in saying that a word that's the same right side up, right side up as it is upside down is an ambigram. Ambigram. Yeah. Ambigram. Ambi. Ambigram. <laughs> uh, let's see. We got more ambigrams here. Uh, Nano corrected me and said Outriders came out April 1st, Thursday last week. Thank you for that. Uh, let's see here. Borzin writes in with a note about Borderlands 3 and says, uh, Borderlands 3 Borderlands 3 numbers on Steam. Uh, it was an Epic Game Store exclusive for a year, so that might have had something to do with the Steam numbers, which is true. The story also referenced Borderlands 2, which had higher concurrence, um, but that makes sense. Uh, Nano says, "Blessing said Monster and Rise has been out has been out for weeks, but it's been out for less than two weeks. That's still weeks, though, right? Like that's like one and a half. One, one and a half weeks is still plural weeks. No, and so two I'm weeks. I'm two rolling weeks with it. Plural. One and a half. Yeah, but we if if it's been out for one and a half weeks, we would still say weeks with the S on it. We wouldn't say it's been out for one and a half week. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Mm, fair enough. Uh, and." I- I I know we have to Leah. Just I can't let us go without bringing up that Kevin coming in with some bullshit, and you clearly hear him just chomping on something, yeah, <laughs> and he just goes, "No, no, I don't think so." A week <laughs> in a day by that bacon. by law by that logic, a week in a day is weeks. <laughs> Hold on, okay. when did Monster Hunter? Now I'm right. Now I'm typing in Monster Hunter. A week in a day day. would be. Weeks. Let's let them get to this stream. Let's you go. Know, they got some outriders to play. Is, is weeks. It's been a week and a half, because it's been a week and a few days. Right, so not two weeks. Uh, yeah, one and a half weeks. Nanobiologist writes in with one more Urog and says, Blessing, regarding Apex, you're forgetting, forgetting that the auto pistol isn't in the game yet, while many other Titanfall, game, Titanfall guns are. Uh, the, the auto pistol could be an ability or the ultimate for the supposed pilot champion. I didn't forget that. I just didn't. I, I don't know if that's what, they're, what they were referring to. That's my thing. Is I... I feel like that isn't big enough. Like, it's big, but it's not, like, big enough for them to talk about, like, look forward to more Titanfall and Apex. But maybe. We'll see. Uh, for Kind of Funny Games Daily, the rest of this week's hosts are Tuesday, it's Greg and Gary Witta. Wednesday, it's me and Andy. Thursday, it's Greg and Tim. And then on Friday, it's me 
and Greg. Uh, if you're watching this live on Twitch, remember that after this is Andy, Mike, and Greg streaming Outriders. They'll be showing off NVIDIA's super cool DLSS tech. So stick around right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. <laughs>